Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Whatever you pursue will pursue you. Let me say the same thing in a different way. That which you pursue, the seeds that you sow, <laughs> that is what is going to come back on you. If it's sowing seeds of righteousness, then it bears fruits of righteousness. If it's sowing seeds of unrighteousness, those seeds are going to germinate and sprout, and eventually they're going to bear fruit. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. A forest fire spreads rapidly, and if there are lots of trees in the area, they'll just add to the flames and make the fire bigger. But when water is doused on the fire, it keeps the fire from spreading further. This is how it is with your words and with issues like gossip. Today, Pastor J.D. wants you to put water on the fire. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Colossians chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. The lazy men, they don't go anywhere. They don't do anything. They're like that door on that hinge. They just go back and forth, side to side, and they don't do anything. They don't go anywhere. And by the way, this also, I believe, has application to stepping out in faith, being busy about the things of God. Dare I say that there is such a thing as being spiritually lazy? I mean, you can be physically lazy, but have you ever thought about being spiritually lazy? If you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, you've come to really love the Apostle Paul, and you're getting to know him too, a little bit about you know, how he was wired, and his personality, and his work ethic. Man, this guy was a hard worker. I mean, this was a guy who, like when he writes to these churches, he says, whatever you find with your hands to do, you do it with all your might as unto the Lord, not as unto men. Christians ought to be the hardest, most dependable workers in that business, in that company, and even more so in the ministry. I never thought of this, and I heard somebody say this, and it just, it was just, it was one of those light bulb moments where you're going, yeah, that's right. When Jesus called the disciples, every single one of them was employed. They were working. They all had jobs. In other words, Jesus did not call somebody, and i got to be careful here too, uh, He didn't call somebody that was unemployed, that was getting an unemployment check. No, he called these hard workers. You know, being a fisherman in that day, that was hard work. That was really hard work. Anyway, you get the impression that God does not like laziness. He frowns on laziness. Well, verse 15, this is even worse. How about this one? Did you read this? Get this one. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. What? 
Are you serious? You're telling me that this dude is so lazy. He, you know, in the Middle East, they, they eat with their hands. So he takes his hand, as is the custom, and he puts it in the food, and he's too lazy to, ah, nah, it's not worth it. You're going to starve. Are you kidding? You're that lazy? Yeah. It wearies him to bring it. What a, oh man, this is a lot of work. To feed yourself? Yeah. Oh, that's lazy. I mean, call me silly, but that's lazy. And then verse 16, the lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. So here you got, again, this, this lazy man, man, this guy is really lazy. And he sees himself, he fancies himself as being smartest guy in the room, wiser than seven men who are actually wise. He fancies himself as being this wise man, but yet he is the fool and he is the lazy man. But in his own eyes, you know, this speaks to a very important principle that the way we see ourselves can be so deceiving. You can be self-deceived, right? With the way we see ourselves, as opposed to the way God sees us as we really are, there can be a huge disparity. Verse 17, I'm sorry, we're going to have to talk about dogs again. Bear with me. He who passes by and meddles in a quarrel, not his own, is like one who takes a dog by the ears. Okay, I want you to know, I am walking in victory in this one. I have never grabbed a dog by the ears. Okay? You know what's going to happen, right? Have you ever done that? You ever grabbed a dog by... Can I just give you a piece of advice? Don't do that. Don't do that. Because you're going to get bit. And so too, Will you be bit if you get involved in two people's disagreement when it's none of your business? Don't meddle. Two people are having a conflict and you insert yourself into the situation, you're asking for it. That's like grabbing a dog by the ears. I'm pretty sure it's after he's vomited (laughs) and eaten it. And then here's the thing, one last thing on the whole vomit thing. Is that okay? I'm sorry, it's, pray for me. This is how I think, and that's why you need to pray for me. Um, So, you know, dogs like to lick you. I'm going to leave it at that. I probably shouldn't have done that. So, verse 18, here's another very picturesque proverb, (laughs) like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death. Verse 19 is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, oh, I was only joking. In other words, he's had malicious intent. He's deceived you. He's tricked you. He's robbed you. He's lied to you. And then you catch him. He's like, come on, can't you take a joke? Oh, you know what that guy, first of all, very dangerous. Stay as far away from someone like this as you would somebody that is insane and they've got fireworks, you know, bottle rockets, <laughs> and they're like this all over the place, aiming them at you. And arrows, they're just shooting arrows 
That's how dangerous someone like that is. Verse 20. I love God's Word. I just love the the profound simplicity of it. This is one of those Proverbs, verse 20, where there is no wood, the fire goes out. How profound is that? Oh my goodness. Duh! Right? Here, unless you're into camping, which I have to confess, I am not into camping, okay? When we lived on the mainland, my wife loved to camp. I hated to camp. I could never, to this day, I still cannot grasp why people would leave the comforts of home, hot water in a shower, a nice comfortable bed with no mosquitoes to sleep in. I mean, I can go on and on and on. To go out into the outdoors and rough it, I don't want to rough it. I'm sorry. I just don't want to rough it. So true story. My church on the mainland, our youth ministry, we're going to have a camping retreat. And so, of course, I'm the pastor. Right? So they're like, you have to go, pastor. I'm like, okay, fine. So we reserve this. I mean, you ha- you're on a waiting list sometimes for a year to get to this campsite, Indian Creek campsite, one of the nicest campsites in the Pacific Northwest, northern Idaho. It was the Lord, there was a cancellation, we can take the youth group and we can get Indian Creek, we're doing it, and you're going. I said, okay. And, but you know what they did? These people, and there's a proverb in here about them, they went to my wife and said, hey, uh, we're going to go camping. And my wife says, okay, my husband's going, and you go tell him that, and I'll make sure he goes. So they, that's, that's sneaky. And then they said to me, can't you take a joke? I said, right here, yes, this is, <laughs> you, you deceived me. But anyway, so at the time, I um, had a dear friend of mine that was uh, in the RV business. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this. And so I call him up, I say, hey, uh, Rick, um, hey, you got, you know, really good friends with him, uh, came to Christ. I, we did Bible studies at his uh, dealership. And just great guy, great brother in the Lord. And, and so I call him up and said, hey, Rick, I said, hey, you got one of those RVs. Can I use it? Because they have at Indian Creek, they have these, um, you know, these parking stalls for RVs. So yeah, JD, dude, man, I got that brand new RV. I mean, it's got like zero miles on it and you can drive it. And I mean, heater. And I mean, it's got, you know, all the amenities and the hot water and you just hook it up. And man, you're just, you're going to just really enjoy this. Thank you so much, Rick. So my wife finds out, and I have never shared this in almost 20 years as a pastor. I've never, well, of course, in the mainland, they all already knew it, so now have to share it. So my wife finds out that I'm going to take an RV. And she's like, you're going to take an RV? I said, yeah. And our boys at the time were really small, uh, like four and two years old, Elias and Levi. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the RV. He said, I'm not sleeping in the RV. I said, that's fine. He said, I'm going to sleep in the tent. I said, fine, pitch your tent. I'm sleeping in the RV. And the boys are going to sleep with me. She said, fine. So there we are. And you have to understand, this isn't Hawaii we're talking about. This is northern Idaho. Even in the summer, it gets cold. 
So here I am. Oh, it was just, we just got done worship. You know, we had a great worship, great teaching, and, and uh, you know, by the campfire with our youth group. And so it was time to, you know, tuck in. Everybody's putting their tents up and getting in their tents and hard ground, you know. But yeah, we're going to sleep in the tent. I'm like, okay, nighty-nighty. Come on, boys. So I shut the door to the RV. And I've got the, I got the master suite where I sleep. And I mean, it was so nice and comfortable. And I told my wife, I said, honey, um, if you get cold and you can humble yourself, I'll let you come in. She said, I'm not going to come in that RV over my dead body. 2 a.m. <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> anyway, I just... I don't like camping. Where were we? Oh yeah, so you've got a fire, a campfire, okay? And this thing is going to go out. Why? Because there's no more wood. So is a contentious man to kindle strife. In other words, there are those who will keep putting more wood on that fire, and they'll keep stoking it, and keep kindling it, and keep it going. That's what a contentious person is. And we're going to see this. Um, oh, I completely skipped over to verse 21. They should go together. Where there is no wood, the f- I got really excited about my camping experience. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no tail bearer, strife ceases. You want to stop striving and gossip? Stop putting another log on the fire, and it's going to go out. You keep putting the log of gossip on that fire, that thing's going to keep burning as long as you do. Now verse 21, as charcoal is to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. And let's, while we're at it, verse 22, talk about those who gossip and tell tales, the tale bearer. The words of a tale bearer, a gossiper if you prefer, are like tasty trifles and they go down into the inmost body. Oh my goodness, they're so juicy, so delicious. You got some juice? You got, you got some gossip? Oh, oh, it's so, we, we have a, an acquired taste for that, innate within us, and it's so delicious, and we eat it up. Verse 23, along those lines, fervent lips with a wicked heart are like the earthenware covered with silver dross. In other words, in verse 24 should go with it. Actually, so should verse 25 and 26. How about we read them? He who hates disguises, verse 24, he who hates disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. When he speaks kindly, do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Though his hatred, verse 26, is covered by deceit, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. So let's uh, go back to verse 23. You know the earthenware, it's coated, that Teflon coating? It covers up what's really underneath. 
That's what the proverb is saying, like earthenware, that it's covered, it's got a nice, you know, covering and coating, but what it's covering up underneath is wickedness, wickedness in the heart. There's this disguising it with the lips, this deceit within them. And, and when they speak, oh, it's so smooth and flattering. They speak kindly. Don't you believe it? For there are seven abominations in his heart. You know, it's very rare, maybe you've had it happen to you, but it's very rare that someone's going to come up to you and just not cover up how they feel about you, and they'll say to you, I hate you. I don't know, have you ever had that happen to you? I hate you. I mean, they're, they're not covering anything up. Now, there are people, they might hate you, but they'll never approach you like that. They're going to cover it up. They're going to disguise it. They really hate you, and it's covered by their deceit. And here's the thing, and this is the promise, verse 26, it'll eventually come out and be revealed and exposed. Here we're told it will be revealed before the assembly. And this is, and we're going to talk about this uh, when we close, this is one of those truths, one of those principles. Jesus said it like this, as a man, you know, speaks, they speak from the abundance of what's in their heart. From the abundance of one's heart, the mouth speaks. Eventually it's going to come out. You know, eventually you're going to be found out. I mean, you're trying to cover it up. You're trying to hide it. You're trying to disguise it but it's going to come out sooner or later. Verse 27, I love verse 27 because it reminds me of the book of Esther. It says, whoever digs a pit will fall into it, and he who rolls a stone will have it roll back on him. Again, a principle that uh, is a truth in God's Word, and Really, to me, one of the best examples is in the book of Esther with this uh, Haman, who had built these gallows, not, not to hang. Don't imagine that they're like the hangman, you know, that you uh, draw. These were, um, these were long spikes that would, I'm really, uh, no wonder our dog vomits. I mean, <laughs> they would impale you on these gallows. And here Haman has built these gallows for Mordechai. And he cannot wait until Mordechai, whom he hates <laughs> with a hatred, a satanic hatred, he cannot wait to impale him on these gallows. And who ends up being impaled on those very gallows that he built for Mordechai? Haman and his sons on the very gallows that he had built. Verse 28, lastly, kind of the same uh, type of dynamic. A lying tongue hates those who are crushed by it, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Be very careful with flattery. There's a difference between flattery and honoring somebody. In other words, you can say to somebody, you know, I have such respect for you, uh, but there's a 
difference between that and just empty flattery, because usually flattery has an ulterior motive. You're, you know, sort of buttering them up, flattering them because you want something from them. And again, there's deceit at the root of it. A lying tongue hates those who are crushed by it, and a flattering mouth works ruin. It can cause so much in the way of damage and destruction. Okay, what a chapter, right? (laughs) Well, I want to close with a, a final thought here concerning this chapter. It's what really stands out to me here in this chapter, and it has to do with this principle of sowing and reaping. Uh, the fool sows and then the fool reaps. The wise sow and the wise reap. I mean, that's the principle. And it's one of those principles that you don't break. It breaks you. You go up against it. You don't break it. It breaks you. It's that famous story about two lights in the ocean at sea, and one radios ahead to the other and says, hey, uh, I'm, you know, so-and-so the captain of this ship. We're headed for a collision. You need to change course. And then the response comes from the other. No, you need to change course. Oh, me? No, you need to change course. I mean, this goes back and forth. And finally, the final response, no, you need to change course. You know why? because I'm a lighthouse. How about that? (laughs) Oh yeah, I guess we'll be changing course now, because if we collide, I'm the one that's going to sink, not the lighthouse. And that's what these principles are like. You go up against them, and you're the one that's going to reap. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. Paul writing to the churches in Galatia says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. And then conversely, he flips it around. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let me say one last thing. Whatever you pursue will pursue you. Let me say the same thing in a different way. That which you pursue, the seeds that you sow, (laughs) that is what is going to come back on you. If it's sowing seeds of righteousness, then it bears fruits of righteousness. If it's sowing seeds of unrighteousness, those seeds are going to germinate and sprout, and eventually they're going to bear fruit. And if you sow righteous, you reap righteous. If you sow to the flesh, you reap the flesh. God is not mocked. You're going up against the rock of God's lighthouse, if you will. The words of wisdom the book of Proverbs provides weren't meant to only be applied to life in the author's time. They were also meant to benefit generations to come, including you. All ages and walks of life can benefit from this book in this modern world. Proverbs gives you practical advice for living a life that's pleasing to your Creator. 
It also shares insight for ways to interact with others to not only show love, but to model Jesus. Pastor J.D. will have more to share from Proverbs when you join us next time on In Spirit and Truth. In the meantime, you can listen to more teachings from Pastor J.D. at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and even download our mobile app. This is a great way to keep Pastor J.D.'s teachings with you wherever you go, and even share them with others. You'll find a link to download at our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. We also invite you to check out Pastor J.D.'s weekend update, the Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these updates on our mobile app or on our website. One more time, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have time for today. We pray you've been encouraged by this teaching in Proverbs and that you'll continue to study them on your own. Tune in next time for more right here on In Spirit and Truth. Oh.